On this episode of Facts, Opinions, and Rants, we're going to talk about politics in the pulpit, what political issues need to be addressed in the church before political action mandates it. Mike from Texas, thanks for this question, and we're going to dig into it, so don't go away. So, what do they tell you growing up? Two topics you never discuss in company. Well, that's politics and faith. Those are some of the most important topics. So guess what? We're going to talk about them here. And yeah, that's really bad advice. So talk about politics in the pulpit. It's one of those things that most churches today refuse to touch with a long stick, especially here in the DMV. But it's not just here in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. It's everywhere. I mean, unless you're in like Alabama or Texas, it's kind of, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. And why? Why is that? Because the blue parts of the country, you know, the godless parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said it. It's true. Uh, don't believe me? Go look at the polling. You will see Democrats don't go to church. And hey, Republicans, don't don't start patting yourself on the back because not all of you guys go either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at you. But the truth is that most Democrats are not Christians. Um, so Christians, people who are Christians who go to church on a weekly basis generally vote Republican. Um, and the issue when you live in a blue area, you know, a Democrat area, you're scared to talk about these issues because, you know, you're, the people who do go to your church probably vote the wrong way because they haven't been trained in righteousness. That is the fault of the church, by the way. Um, they haven't been trained in righteousness. They haven't been trained in biblical worldview. They haven't been trained how to think about a topic biblically. Their first thought is, how does it affect me? Not what does God's word have to say? Let me ask you for a second, friends. When you vote, what do you think about before you vote for a person? Now, I've already spent a podcast about this topic. If you could go back and look at Christian Principles for Voting, September 7th podcast from 2020. Um, So I'm not going to dig into how you should be looking into it today. I I do so in that podcast. Um, But I do want to ask you something. When you go to vote, what do you think about? Let me tell you, I already know what most people think about. They think about, can I have a beer with this guy? Yeah, they think, do they like him or her? Um, they think about likability. Uh, they think about social pressure. What does the media have to say about this guy? They think about their social clubs, especially when it comes to building, uh, being part of parties, right? I mean, in some circle, social circles or some fields of expertise, you can't mention you're a Republican. Try doing that in higher ed. Trust me, it does wonders for your friendship circles. But honestly... There's some circles where you can't even mention you're a Republican. Well, it's the same thing in the church. Pastors do not like talking about these issues we're talking about today, not because the Bible doesn't talk about them. By the way, the reason why pastors should be talking about these issues is because the scriptures talk about them, period. Whatever the Bible talks about, you should be learning and you should be applying. Can I get an amen Mm -hmm. or oh me? In either event, that's why you don't hear it much in your churches, because if Democrats in your churches heard it, they'd be upset and they leave. Right. I mean, what what Republicans going to be upset when you talk about the right to life on Right to Life Sunday? None of us. Right. What Democrats going to be upset? Well, yeah, all of them. They voted for the people who want to kill babies. I mean, I would feel bad if my church started talking about how that's a sin and it's bad and we shouldn't do it. And I'm, you know, from the Democrat worldview, I'm paying their salary. No, you are donating to God's kingdom and you're investing into what God's calling you to do. And it's called conviction of the power of the Holy Spirit, why you feel so bad. I mean, what Democrat wants to go to a church where they say, hey, you know, June, people celebrate LGBT, we're celebrating the sanctity of marriage. And LGBT is sinful and headed to a real place called hell, lest they repent and come to know Jesus. 
No Democrat wants to do that. Why? Because they believe that's hate speech. Literally, they'll tell you it, it's hate speech. Mm-hmm. Go talk to them. What Democrat wants to go to a church during COVID that's not wearing their mask? Oh, yeah, I went there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little tough now because you see what's going to happen is Democrats are going to have to go, ooh, do I not wear my mask to prove that I got the vaccine? Or do I keep wearing a mask because I'm scared the Trump vaccine doesn't work? It's going to be awesome. But in a couple of weeks, your church is going to be maskless, even in blue parts of the country. I mean, even here in Virginia, Ralph Northam came out and said, hey, you know, if you got that vaccine, you could be maskless. And and what what person's going to go up to you and say, hey, I need to see your papers, right? The inter- interesting thing with this is Democrats, the same people who think black people are too dumb to get a voter ID to vote. Mm-hmm, yeah, those people. They're the same ones who think everybody could get a COVID vaccine and, and have that vaccine passport, which, by the way, what is it required to get a vaccine passport? Oh, yeah. An ID. Yeah. Not only that, you have to figure out how to use the Internet, which Al Gore uh, created. Obviously, black people don't know how to use. Ask Joe Biden, if you doubt me on that, um, to be able to sign up for your appointments. So it's harder to get a Trump vaccine than it is to register to vote. But Democrats don't want you to bring your ID to the voting booths. Mm -hmm. Voter integrity or just integrity as a whole. Psalm 15, doing the right thing, even when it hurts. Voter integrity in the last election. What if your pastor talked about that and said, hey, yeah, the most popular president in history won it from his basement. That should give some alarm bells. Hello. Yeah. You don't think the Democrats in your church would be upset if he said that? I know he would. I know some Republicans would be upset that he said that. I live near them. But these are all things that are truths. Principles straight from scriptures that you would bring out. So. Uh, what political issues need to be addressed? Let me answer, answer your question, Mike. All of them. Well, all of them that the scriptures talk about. Am I going to talk about marginal tax rates? Well, probably not. But I would talk about how the current tax rates impact the poor and middle class within my church. I would talk about um, why a zip code method for schooling goes against the biblical mandate that parents are the primary educators of their kids, according to the Old Testament and New Testament. Ephesians 6 teaches that fathers are to uh, to instruct their kids in fear and admonition of the Lord. Right. And so you should be talking about how the things that happen in Washington or Richmond or Annapolis or D.C. or wherever you live in the country, how that impacts your members and what the Bible has to say about that. And you may say, well, Stephen, when do we talk about these topics? There's this interesting place. It's uh, on the Internet. It's also on your cable news net or network. It's called the news. When the news is covering something, guess what? Your members care about it and you need to mention it. I want to brag on my church for a moment. Pastor Gifford's done an amazing job with this. In January, um, you know, if you if you are a pro-lifer or, or human, uh, in January, you know that January is filled with all types of awesome holidays, generally on the same weekend, Religious Freedom Weekend, Right to Life, March for Life, and MLK's birthday. All the same weekend. Mm -hmm. So what happens in most black churches is they talk about MLK. Most white churches talk about right to life. And some churches even mention religious liberty. You know how long it takes you to actually mention all three of those things in one Sunday? Yeah, like two minutes to say, yeah, we celebrate Martin Luther King Day. We talk about the right to life and how God doesn't want you to kill your babies. And we celebrate religious liberty that allows us to come here freely without fear of the government busting down the doors to put us in jail like they do sometimes in Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Canada. Go ahead and Google it. So 
all that, it takes less than two minutes. I think I did that in like 30 seconds, but I know not everybody talks as fast as me. So all that can be done in less than two minutes. Every church should be doing that, by the way. Every church should be doing that, by the way. I want to say it one more time. Every church should be doing that. Not complicated, folks. But why most churches don't? Well, the Democrats have done a great job of making you think every biblical issue is a political issue. And that's because they've made a political issue about a, every biblical issue. And then they've uh, shamed you into saying, you can't bring your Bible least to, 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 to the voting polls. You can't bring that in public. Well, hello. If you don't bring the Bible in the public, you have a terrible society. Look at the society liberals have created. And you ask yourself, do you want to live in it? It's a society where if you if you let the liberals create stuff, they have crime, they have sex prostitution being legalized, they want to legalize drugs to mess up your communities, by the way, not their own. Um, abortion, babies outside of marriage. These are all the things Democrats have flaunted for years as these are good freedom things. They always say it's freedom, like it, like somehow a woman's more free when they have babies without their husband. Or out being married, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes no sense. A woman's more free when they're out prostituting themselves and being abused by pimps and, and, and traffickers. Yeah, we used to call that slavery in this country. Now we're calling it, what do Democrats call it? <laughs> Sex work. Sex work, yeah. And libertarians, you're not much better. You believe all the same crap I just said about Democrats. And you claim to be on the right. Shame on you. Shame on you. So yeah, your, your church should be talking about these issues. Why? Because the Bible talks about them. Any issue the Bible talks about, you need to talk about. And you need to bring the Bible's answer to the culture. Why? Because when you look into the perfect law of liberty, James chapter 1, it brings freedom all to apply it. So you want to bring freedom to your neighbor? Apply it to scriptures. You want to make sure uh, your neighborhood is drug free? Well, apply to scriptures. It's amazing how life is so great without having to you know, go to the pot McDonald's if you ever go down to Chinatown. Yeah, it's the one that doesn't have the seats in the McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's that one. Why? Because people are doing marijuana outside the store. You feel so comfortable going in, you think you're getting a twofer. Yeah, high on drugs and maybe a Happy Meal. Nobody wants to live like that except Democrats and libertarians. When we come back from the fact of the day, I'm going to talk about how your church can talk about politics in the pulpit. Don't go away. today's fact of the day it's well I've, I've talked about this book before but i'm going to give it another shout out david platt's book counterculture it's probably one of the best books on the topic of how christians should be involved and learn about what the bible has to say about all these quote unquote political issues so how to engage how to vote well the first book i would encourage you to read on topic is counterculture read it and start a discussion group around it it's great for high schoolers college age and even whiny adult i, I say whiny i'm <laughs> your great congregation it will grow your church spiritually and it is a great evangelism tool because everyone wants to know what god's word has to say about these topics well as always the facts opinions and rants that you hear here are totally mine do not necessarily reflect the views of david platt so please send a positive feedback to him any hate mail to me and now let's get back to the podcast So did you get your gas this week or did it go up 30, 40, 50 cents? I think my favorite tweet this past week was like, man, I'm looking for a mean tweet in a 167 gas. <laughs> Who's missing Trump now? I know everyone is to get idiots here in Virginia who like was loading it in, you know, by the gallons 
into their car, not just filling their tank up, but like filling up gas bottles. I'm like, dude, dude, we're not in a gas shortage. Just know next week the gas price is going to go up. And so if we had leadership, maybe, um, I don't know, they could have prevented that. But we are in Virginia, Ralph Northam, and well, we do live in America, Joe Biden. But something else Joe Biden's done, Joe Biden's Equality Act, how it will hurt your church, Christian school, and, well, the working Christian and secular environments. I want to encourage you um, to read Family Research Council has a whole article about the Equality Act, how it will hurt. But your church definitely needs to be considering this and talk to your church about it. Our pastor did a couple of weeks ago at Riverdale. I want to encourage you to listen to the sermon at RiverdaleBaptist.org, RiverdaleMinistries.org. Either way, we'll get you there. Um, and his sermon on, um, it's called Consequences. It's, it was preached on Sunday, April 25th, 2021. He talks about Romans 1, chapter chapter 1, verse 23, uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 23 to chapter 2. And he talks about this issue, the Equality Act, and how it will impact churches and what lawyers are telling churches they need to do right now um, or advising them. But I will say this. Um, in Virginia, we're, we're a year ahead of you guys because we already have something similar called the Virginia Values Act. And in the Virginia Values Act, it is basically... Equality Act at state level. And I'm encouraged because some churches have stood up and said no. But understand this. When your church says no, just be aware that it could get up to, like in our state, or up to a fine up to $100,000. And what church you know has 100 k just laying around? Do you? Oh. And that's what uh, Joe Biden and his regime is doing. What they're doing is they're silencing the message of the church. They're neutering the message of the church by accusing it of discrimination. Instead of being clear on what biblical truth is and honoring a country that honors God and honors the church and says, hey, look, people, you know, Baptists believe that the pagan be a pagan. But Baptists don't believe that we let the pagan control the show or dictate your speech. And that's what Joe Biden and his administration is trying to do. Um, uh good friend of mine, Pastor Dave Ronheiser, Calvary Road Baptist Church, and other churches signed a letter from ADF. And I want to read the letter to you because it talks about the impact that the so-called Equality Act, or in our case, Virginia Values Act, will have on churches, ministries, schools, and Christian-owned businesses. Quote, churches, ministries, schools, and Christian-owned businesses from across the state of Virginia signed an open letter to Governor Ralph Northam and members of the Virginia General Assembly that urges them to not force religious citizens to violate their beliefs in the so-called Virginia Values Act. The law enacted July 1, 2020, on the face compels churches, religious schools, and Christian ministries to hire employees who do not share their stated beliefs on marriage, sexuality, and gender identity or face fines up to $100,000 for each violation. A companion law requires the ministries and other Christian nonprofits and Christian-owned businesses to include in-employee health care plans for sex reassignment and gender-affirming surgeries. Quote, I'm using air quotes with my fingers there, um, but just to be clear, that's what it says. Surgeries that run contrary to their beliefs. It also prohibits the ministries from offering sex-specific sports, classes for parenting, and Christian discipleship if those programs are based on biological sex. So think about it. You know, you ever go to a Christian males group only or females group only? Well, now you're going to let in the guy who thinks he's a girl into the female group. So if you have a women's ministry, which I don't know a church that doesn't, well, good luck with that one. Because now if a man wants to join, you better say yes. No matter how they identify, you better let him in. Quote from the article, 
or from the brief from uh, Alliance Defending Freedom. Our clients offer spiritual guidance, education, pregnancy support, and athletic opportunities to the communities because of their religious values that motivate them, said ADS Senior Counsel Denise Hurl. But Virginia new law forces these ministries to abandon their convictions or pay crippling fines. Such government hostility has no place in a free society. Virginia ministries are committed to their faith, and they are asking that a state would allow them to live and work according to their beliefs, as other Virginians are permitted to do. This act threatens and undermines their very mission that holds us together, the statement explains. But if the Commonwealth insists on forcing us to choose between bankruptcy and our beliefs, our communities will suffer, freedom will suffer. If the Virginia Out uh, Values Act is used as a weapon against our organizations and our values. ADF attorneys represent Calvary Road Baptist Church, Community Fellowship Church, Community Christian Academy, and CareNet in a legal challenge law filed in September, end quote. So should your church be talking about that? Well, absolutely. It directly impacts your church. Like, how would you like if you woke up one day, went to church, and well, your church doors were locked? And they're like, well, you no longer own this building. We sued you out of existence. That's what Democrats want to do with the, with the Virginia Values Act, and that's what they're doing with the Equality Act. Now, what are some other examples of stuff you should be talking about? Well, Israel. It was in the news this past week. I hope you read it. The squad, Democrats, and, well, the left nutbags. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're supporting. Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this, but they're supporting not Israel, but Palestine. Why? Because they look at Israel as an occupying force. Because they have no concept of Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 9. Does your ministry teach about the Abrahamic covenant? Yeah, that covenant covers the land. How many Christians are reading their Bibles from cover to cover each year? One. Two, how many pastors are teaching about the covenant and how it applies today? Christians don't believe that it's an occupation, but rather it's a God-ordained right for the state of Israel. It's literally called Israel. Mm -hmm. COVID-19, an in-person church, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Your liberal neighbor don't like that you're going to church. Well, you need to explain to your liberal neighbor, a church is not a church that's not meeting. Right? It's a biblical command. Mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter. Should you say Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter? Well, did God die for Black Lives or just did he die for All Lives? I don't know. Ask your Calvinist friend, you'll really be confused. But your church should be talking about that. How you don't fall into the trap of having to say All Lives Matter. No, Black Lives Matter. Like, no, this is a political tool meant to divide us. And scripture says that the one thing that will unite us is coming to know Christ because Christ heals all hurt. Also, the church should be talking about how this organization led by LGBT activists, not not true black leaders, but LGBT activists, no men, by the way, are using the pain of black men, socialism and defunding the police to push their leftist agenda. Stuff that goes against what scripture teaches, by the way. Scripture doesn't say divide us by critical race theory. It says unite us in Christ, Ephesians chapter two. It calls LGBT a sin, Romans chapter one. It believes in Christian education, unlike them who don't even want charter schools. They they also riot where scripture says we should do justly, not riot, Micah 6, 8, and that we should suffer for righteousness sake, First Peter chapter three. Police and governing authorities are servants of God, ministers, if you would say. Yeah, that's what the scripture says, Romans chapter 13, and that we are called to submit to them, not retaliate against them. This organization is a fraud and sets up a false analogy of BLM and all lives matter instead of God's call for justice and they died for all sinners. And by the way, on the right, you know, what do we do? We go blue lives matter. It's like, well, no, 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 no. To God, all lives matter. But if you're saying in a political context, they've the left sorry set up the argument so you can't win. If they will bully you into accepting their narrative 
or you will be shamed. And that's sad because it gets rid of this thing called debate and dialogue. What news organizations give biblical worldview on topics? Family Research Council, ERLC, and CWA. By the way, ERLC has the best uh, one pager on uh, the history overview between Israel and the Palestinians. It's on my Facebook page, Stephen Mosley. I'll put it on the Facts Pains Rants Facebook page. I want to encourage you, please, please, please read it so you can understand. And in the time left, what are some other issues that your church should be covering? It's also in the book, Counterculture. So I encourage you, just go as a church, go through that book and your church will be aware of where what you should be doing and how God's view is on everything from poverty to abortion, which they call the modern Holocaust. Try telling that to your liberal friend. By the way, it's the number one killer of African-Americans. Mention that to them next time they say Black Lives Matter because they don't believe it. Sex work, or I'm sorry, in the scripture, we call that prostitution. What God's word says about prostitution. Marriage and sexuality, racism, religious liberty, sharing the gospel to a lost world. Because in all these issues, the gospel is the answer to the heart problem. And the gospel along with the scripture text, the text of the scriptures teach you the policies that we should be fighting for as we do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. By the way, at the end of the day, friends, you really have to think about it this way. Acts 5.29, as Peter and the other apostles replied to the religious leaders of their day, judge for yourselves whether it's right to obey God or man. That's the choice the Democrats and libertarians are pushing us towards. Will we be obedient to God and risk losing it all? Or we bow down to man. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for my friends and thank you for this time. I pray that you will help all of them to see, yeah, whatever your word talks about, our churches should have an answer to. And the timeliness of that happens in the timeliness of the news cycle. Thank God you've given us Al Gore's amazing internet and social media because now we can post at a moment's notice. We can speak weekly. We can pray daily. Encourage my friends with this message. Help it put something in their soul to say, I want to be that history maker, change maker that puts God's policies into practice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Facts, Pains, and Rants. And I ask that you do me a favor. Please like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, share this with your pastor. Share this with your family. Share this with your friends. Because it's a very important message. And we want to make sure as many people hear it can apply it. And as always, faith over party, faith over everything. Next week, we're going to talk about, well, I've kind of gone back and forth for what we should talk about. So I'm going to put a poll on the, on the Facebook. We're going to do a really, really light, go on a light episode and talk about the ARC method of TV shows and why Law & Order Organized Crime deserves a second season and gets one. Or we're going to talk about what does the Bible say about slavery? (laughs) I'll let you guys vote and I will talk next week. As always, faith over party, faith over everything. Have a great one.